It's good to be with you this morning, though not in person. I'm excited to be able to open up God's Word with you today. So go ahead and grab your Bibles or devices and turn to Matthew chapter 8. So Matthew is in the New Testament, which is the second half of the Bible. And Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. And so Matthew chapter 8, and we're going to pick up in verse 5. Now as you're turning there, I want to tell a story to you. My family just got back on a crazy road trip, and we went to 10 states in 16 days. It was crazy and insane, but it's exactly what my family needed to get rejuvenated during this time. And so on our trip, we went to Tennessee to visit some family. And while we were there, our kids begged us to take them to this indoor trampoline park. And while we were there, this indoor trampoline park had this skywalk that went inside the entire building. Now, what I mean by a skywalk is, if you can imagine with me, it's like an obstacle course, but 20 feet up in the air. I know, if you're scared of heights, you're like, no way, not going to do it. But my older two kids were determined that they were going to do this skywalk. And so Kaylee and Elijah, they go and they've got the harness on that fully straps in, and then they have a, a safety rope that goes and connects into this rail that follows them along the entire obstacle course. And so they begin to head up the stairs, and Elijah is first because he's, he's my boy. He needs to be brave. And so he gets up there, and as soon as he steps foot and looks down, he's like, nope, not going to do it. And he walked down the stairs and then walked back up and said, no, I still can't do it. And he walked back down. So in this moment, I had a choice. And I did what any dad would do in this moment. I used my kids as an excuse to go play. So I went and pay for it to be able to do the skywalk with my kiddos. And so I get Elijah and I get Kayla and I said, okay, come on. And so I go in there and we get the harness all pulled up there and we began to walk out. And Elijah looks at me and said, dad, I I'm still a little scared. Can you go first? And I said, yeah, buddy. But remember, you have that rope that is going to hold you. It's a safety harness that will hold you and it's going to be with you wherever you go on this obstacle course. And he goes, but dad, I don't trust it. Can I watch you first? And so I did. I went first and my son began to travel behind me and we went through that obstacle course. And would you believe it that once we got done, because one time was enough for me, but Elijah went through it four more times by himself. And he began going through it faster and faster to the point where the guy working says, I've never seen kids go through this obstacle course so fast. And so Elijah conquered his fears and I was so proud and so excited with him. And that brings us into our text this morning. Is, that, is there things in our life that, have, that we can trust? See, Elijah struggled to trust that that harness would protect him if he fell. And so when we pick up the text this morning, we'll see more about that. So again, Matthew chapter 8, starting in verse 5. When he had entered into Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to the other, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly, I tell you, no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from the far east and west and recline at the table of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. 
while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into outer darkness. And in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. See, one thing that's very interesting about this passage is that it's only one of two times that the Bible talks about Jesus marveling at something. See, the first one we find is in Mark chapter 6, verse 7, where Jesus marvels at the unbelief of Nazareth, the people of his hometown that wouldn't accept him as being God's son. And then our passage this morning, see, Jesus marvels at the Saturians and his great faith. These are the only two times of record that Jesus ever marveling at something. So what do we know about this man of great faith? Well, first we know that he was a centurion. We know that he's a Roman officer. And because of that, of his that position, he would have been commanding over a hundred soldiers. We also know that this position was filled by Gentiles. Now, Gentiles and on top of that, a centurion would have been greatly hated by the Jewish people in the area. But it was not the case for this centurion. See, the parallel passage that we find to this story is in Luke chapter 7. And verses 4 and 5 tell us this. And when they came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, He, the centurion, is worthy to have you do this for him, for he loves our nation, and he is one who built us our synagogue. This was unheard of during this time. Centurions had wanted nothing to do with the Jewish people. If anything, they would, they would abuse them and they would look downcast upon them. And likewise, by the Jewish people, they wanted nothing to do with the Gentiles or the centurions. They felt oppressed by them. But this centurion has shown himself to be different. See, he was loved and respected by the local Jewish population. And because of that action, and because of how he refers to Jesus as Lord, not just out of respect, but recognizing Jesus as God in our text this morning, we can understand that this centurion more than likely was a God-fearing Gentile. And though he, he believed in God, he still was not welcome into the Jewish practices of worship. But yet, he still wanted to honor God, and he still wanted to honor and praise God by loving and caring for the Jewish people well. And so as common for Jesus in his ministry, when he was asked to heal this servant, he agrees. And he was willing to go and come heal this young servant. See, this young servant, though, was something someone special to the centurion. And in Greek, word that was used here helps us to understand that this was a young servant, probably born into servitude for the centurion. But and his disease was paralyzing and it was painful and it was more than likely fatal. And the centurion had no other options but to turn to Jesus and ask for help. But what's extraordinary about this story here is not that Jesus was willing to come and heal this servant. Of, of course he would. It is one of his, his children. He would come and heal this child. But the satirian responds with this, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority. And with soldiers under me, I say, one, go, and he goes. And to the other, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does this. You see, there is no record of this type of healing happening before in Jesus' ministry. 
See, the centurion had nothing to base this concept of healing on. See, this was a pure act of faith. See, the centurion absolutely believed and trusted in the authority of Jesus in a way that hadn't even been seen amongst the Jewish people or even his disciples. And this should cause us to ask the question, what kind of faith is this? You see, the faith that we see the centurion have is a faith that is humble trust in the authority of Jesus. See, the centurion, a man of great authority, of great power, understood and recognized that he was powerless in this situation. There was nothing that he can do in his own strength, in his own merit, in his own authority to help his servant. But he knew the one who had authority. He knew the one who had all authority, and that was Jesus. And that brings us to our bottom line of our passage this morning. And it is this, trusting in the authority of Jesus is a daily decision, not a one-time decision. Let me say that again. Trusting in the authority of Jesus is a daily decision, not just a one-time decision. You see, Jesus has the authority to tell the blind to see, the disabled to get up and walk, the mute to speak, and the dead to rise and to live. And that is exactly what he did for us who are followers of Christ. See, we were dead in our sin, and he stirred our hearts to be towards repentance, to turn our lives away from the path of sin and our own choices, to turn to him and recognize that him as Lord and Savior of our lives. And because of that, we are alive today. But Jesus' authority doesn't just stop there. See, his authority continues to reign over everything of our lives. See, it's not just a means of our salvation for the believer, but it's a means of everything. See, Jesus has all authority in every aspect. So let's bring this a little bit closer to home and, and let's, let's look at our own selves and, and let's just have an honest conversation right now. For the past several months, it's been hard. We've been told that we can't go out. We've been told to, to wear face masks a lot of times when we don't want to. We've been told that we need to stay in our homes from certain times. We've been told that we can't go out and eat and fellowship and, and have fun with friends. We've been encouraged and asked to stay home and eat. a lot of us have had to stay home from work. Some of us even losing our jobs. See, there's a ton of uncertainty that we have faced with COVID-19. Still to this day, there's so many answers unknown about this disease. And because of that, it creates a lot of uncertainty for you and me and the families around us. But when the centurion faced uncertainty, what did he turn to? He turned to Jesus. And now that's exactly what we are supposed to do. So during this time, let me ask you some, some questions. Who or what are you turning to during these times of uncertainty? Are you looking for answers from our government or the politicians to give you a sense of peace from this unknown? Are you running to social media or to Netflix to give you a, a false sense of comfort? 
And with all the division over wearing a mask and the seriousness of COVID and, and all the cultural racism that is taking place, are you finding yourself blaming or even worse, attacking others who oppose your way of thinking or your opinion? See, when the centurion was faced with fear, like many of us, when he was faced with uncertainty, and we're definitely in uncertain times, and then when he faced the unknown, he went to Jesus. He went to Jesus and said, Lord, heal my servant. And Jesus, I'm not worthy for you to take step into my home, but I know that you have the authority to just say the word and he will be healed. Do we have that faith and trust in Jesus' authority? I gotta admit, I struggle at times of these uncertain times to trust that there is a bigger plan going on and God has to remind me that again, I have all authority of all things. See, God created everything that we see. Why would I question him? Today, I told Misty, just looking at the skies, and I said, one thing I love about this time is the clarity of the skies that we have lately. The clouds look so beautiful and this, the, the definition of them is just amazing to me. So I've been absolutely loving the sunsets and just be able to see them clearly as we haven't been able to see before. And it's during this time that there's not as much traffic that we're able to see, a blessing during an uncertain time that God has given us. See, just like Elijah, when he was on that skywalk and he was terrified, he was scared. He had forgotten that there was one thing that was always going to be with him, that harness. That harness was always there to be with him and to hold him up. Jesus is our harness. Jesus is the one that we can lean to. He is the one that is with us wherever we go in the walk and path of life. Jesus is the one is that when we fall, because it's not if, it's when we fall, he is there to catch us. But that requires us to turn to him, to have the faith and take the step, to take the initiative like the centurion and turn to Jesus and say, I need your help. It's like the man who said, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. That is an honest and sometimes a needed prayer from us. See, in those moments of uncertainty, we need to trust in Jesus' authority. See, Jesus is always there for us to be able to lean on his authority. He is our source of peace, not answers from the news outlets. He is a source of comfort, not social media or Netflix. He is the one with all the answers, not our politicians, not our friends or memes on Facebooks, and not even ourselves. Jesus has all authority, and we can trust him. Now, if you're watching this service and you have not experienced the life-changing hope of Jesus, I want you to pay special attention to our next part of our passage this morning. And it's Matthew 8, verse 10. Truly I say to you that no one in Israel have I found such faith. And I tell you, Many will come from the east and the west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. See, Jesus right here in that, that passage, he's referring to the Gentiles, those who are not a part of the Jewish people, 
those who were not part of God's chosen nation. But what does he say here? Many will come from the east and the west to recline at the table with God's people. But he continues on. While the sons of the kingdom, the Jewish people, will be thrown out into outer darkness. And in that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. See, Jesus is very clearly here in this passage talking about heaven, and then he's talking about hell. And he's talking about, and he's making a clear distinction, just because of your nationality does not guarantee you salvation. The Jewish people were not guaranteed salvation, but what he's getting the point out, it, it takes a personal relationship with Jesus. It takes recognizing that you are a sinful person. And like the centurion, you are helpless to do anything to fix that. I was helpless to do anything to fix that. But we turn our eyes towards the Lord. We turn our eyes to Jesus, recognizing that He died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins, to allow us to be able to be restored into a rightful relationship back with God. And it takes us turning our lives to Him, repenting of our sins, confessing, saying, I am a sinner, and Lord, I need you. And in that, recognizing and accepting Jesus for our salvation, and then looking to Him as the Lord of our lives. And it doesn't stop in that moment, but it continues on day in and day out. Lord, I need you. I have you for salvation, but I need you for today. I need you to shine more through me than myself. As that passage says in, in John 3.30 that says, He must increase, being God, and I must decrease. See, we want Jesus to shine more through us. We want His authority to be more recognized on our lives than our own authority on our lives. See, Jesus is Lord of all, and He must be Lord of our lives each and every day. See, in this moment, in this passage, it was always believed that the Jewish heritage would guarantee them salvation. But again, being a physical descendant of Abraham was a great privilege and advantage towards that, but did not guarantee a relationship with Jesus. What it, what it takes to have a relationship with Jesus is for anyone who humbly acknowledges the authority of Jesus to save you from your sins and to rule over you as Lord of your life. And if that is you, if that is you today and you know it in your heart, saying, Josh, you are speaking to me. I don't know how you're doing this. It's God. I want you to do one thing for me. I want you to reach out to us. I don't want you to stop in this moment. I, I don't want you to, to move past this. I want you to reach out to us here at First Southern. And we love, you can reach out to me personally. My email is at the bottom of the screen. It's hogue, H-O-G-U-E, at fsbcs.org. Email me personally. And I would love to be able to talk to you, answer any questions you have about having a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Please don't miss out on this opportunity. And for all of us watching, we are to be reminded of Jesus' authority. And so let me close with this question. Are you trusting in the authority of Jesus each day and at times, moment by moment? Everything that is going on in the world and in your personal life did not catch Jesus off guard. 
but he is using it as an opportunity to shape and mold you to be more like him. Trust in his authority today. Lean on him and not your own understanding. Will you pray with me? Father God, we thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for the fact that you sent your son to die on the cross for us. Father, we thank you that you would have given us the opportunity to be able to have a relationship with you. And Father, for those of us who are followers of Christ, Father, who are struggling in these uncertain, unknowing times, God, I pray that you would just give us the strength and the endurance to run towards you. Father, I pray that you would help us to have the faith like the faith of the centurion. God, that you allow us to be able to turn away from ourselves, turn away from the media, Father, the, the social media, Father, the news outlets, um, anything else around us that pulls us away from, distracts us from you. Father, I pray that we will fix our eyes on you and who you are. Lord, grow us during this time of unknown. Grow us closer to be more like you and like your son. We ask this in the holy and precious name of Jesus. Amen.